Hey, I'm Andrew Luke, That's what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we go? So the point being is, good golfers are fucking dying a dozen. And we saw it in full swing that the line of demarcation between... Here, are you ready, Bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. And I know the man who's done his homework this week is Bud Copeland because it's Ryder Cup week. That's right. We made it. We've been talking about it for a few weeks now. It's finally here. This is Divots and Pivots. I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard. And to my left, my right, uh, I'm backwards right now, so who knows, is as always is Bud Copeland, Chief of Morale, USA. Let's go, Bud. What are you What are you doing tonight? How are you feeling? I'm good. We're on the uptick. It was a little uh, It was a little scary there. I don't know if you caught the end of the Solheim Cup last week, but it was a freaking... Yeah. <laughs> we got a guest in the studio tonight. It was a heartbreaker. It was, it was so tough. We jumped out to an early 4-0 lead. We swept the Friday morning foursomes. Uh, and then just slowly but surely, the Europeans chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And you really, Spike Lee, do you remember, here, here we go, rabbit hole. Do you remember the 2004 Red Sox? Do I? Bro, okay. <laughs> you were, so here's the thing. That's when I kind of officially jumped ship from, I grew up down in the Southeast and I was a Braves fan. I mean, there was no, there was nothing South of the Mason sure. Dixon or East of the Mississippi. Well, except the 90s for the was a great time to be a Braves fan too. Ah, and it was, it was dope. It was a lot of fun, you know, especially with, you know, you got prime time doing his thing in Colorado. Yeah. I, I that was like peak fandom for me uh, with the Braves. Yeah. And so it's, that was the year when they went on that run. I remember, you know, at the fraternity house watching these games and just going nuts because it was incredible theater. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I got bit by the bug of New England and Boston. I'd been coming up here in the summer times at that point. I had like, I had gone home and started talking about, you know, Maine as if Maine was my new home. And they're like, you still have a Florida driver's license. I'm like, don't talk to me like that. I know my Wait, new are England. You you got the fever pitch. Oh no, you did. That movie was horrible. <laughs> I know. But in in the four days in October documentary, the thirty for thirty, yeah, Spike Lee says it. He's like, "This is why sports is greater than movies because you can't script this. We have no idea what is going to happen." And uh, and that was true for the Solheim Cup, but it felt like it was scripted because for the first time, it was in continental Europe or it was down in Spain. And uh, at um, Finca Cortesen in Andalusia, uh, Spain. There you go, another one for nice. you. And it all came down to basically, you know, Nellie Corda had to win her match for USA to win the the Solheim Cup. Uh, Europeans had the cup. They had won it twice in a row and we need to win it outright. And so she's clawing her way back. She ties it up on 15 and then all of a sudden loses 16 to be one down. And then on 17, her opponent who went 4-0 on the week and is from Spain. So, you know, the hometown crowd is just going absolutely apeshit. She throws a dart to three feet. Nelly hits it left of the green. Can't hold her chip. The you know, uh, God, I can't remember her name right now. It's 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 escaping me. But uh, the Spaniard wins it for the Euros, and so it was heartbreak for the Americans to start the week. But 
I think we've kind of washed ourselves of that. We get another shot at the Solheim Cup next year. They're going they're going back to back years to get back on their uh, their even number kind of cycle. 9/11 threw them off cycle and then COVID threw the PGA Tour off cycle. And so now we have to do this whole, you know, flip around thing. So we get another shot at the Euros next year at the Solheim Cup. But first, our first. boys are in Rome. This thing has turned into I don't know how much I mean I know you're elbow deep in the football season and I respect that. Oh, but gonna, the pro- so far. the production behind this whole the, this this event go- the Italian Golf Federation has done a hell of a job putting mm-hmm. on this production. It's pageantry, you know. Uh the setting, we'll talk about the golf course and a little bit of the history behind that here in a couple minutes. But uh, it, it this is getting to be a big deal. And so I take umbrage, sir, and I'm going to take umbrage early in the show with nice. somebody from the Fire Pit Collective. I can't remember the guy's name, but he wrote a piece recently in the Fire Pit Collective for the Uninitiated is Alan, Sh- Alan Shipnick. Uh, that's his like crew that if, if you're familiar with politics, you know, like Ben Shapiro's got the Daily Wire. Uh, this is one know, of those guys that Bud will will talk about forever is, is uh, Alan. I love him. I think he's fantastic. He's done some, he's done deep dives on stuff, but anyways, he's got a crew. He's got a posse. Before you go go too far down that rabbit hole, uh, it was Carlota Chaganda. Yes. Carlota Saganda. Thank you. Thank you. Very much a Scarface type name. I had to look her up. I feel like we got to give her her due. So. Yeah. And she's been around a hot minute. So you got to feel like this is going to be, this is going to be kind of the crowning achievement in her career on the personal side. Professionally, she's won a bunch Mm -hmm. on tour. But, but Alan, what the hell would you just cut me off? What were we talking I know, about? I'm sorry. I, the I, Italian I, Golf I, Federation Ryder Cup this week. It's big. You're talking about, somehow you got onto Alan. Alan Shipnick. Thank you. The Fire Pit Collective. He's got a guy on there that wrote a piece basically that the, the, the Ryder Cup is over as we know it. And he's trying to use live as that wedge. Now that makes sense. It, I will say it's not a great look when the team playing. No. Or did you see that picture? The team playing uh, picture. I haven't no, I haven't seen the picture. So I'm looking up as always. I, I've had a uh, bit of a disheveled week and a little jumbled week. I barely about 20 minutes ago got my internet working on this computer to do the show. So um, I mean, thank, thank you, you for your it's, thank, it's been a wild thank, week. Thank you for your service. Uh, <laughs> so the team playing comes over with Team USA, and you know, there's some cool social media shots of them in their little business class suites and their first class suites, and Zach uh-huh. Johnson's got his carry-on, which is the Ryder Cup. And they're taking pictures as they come off with the the wags and you know their wives and girl wife wives and girlfriends for the yes. uninitiated again. And <coughs> I'm counting heads and I'm like, where's Brooksy? And it hits me. I'm like, now. Brooks isn't on the team plane. He's not. And for a half second, I thought to myself, is this really how Slash it's going to be? Is it is it going to be that petty? Where we're going to, you know, because of our side is very much a, you know, USGA, PGA of America, PGA Tour, whether whoever has what official rights, there's a, it's a team effort by those crew to, to put together a team. They leaving this guy out? No, he was at the Live Golf event in Chicago. So I guess he had to just take a later flight and join them over there, which I mean, I'm sure NetJets just hooked him up and him and his baby mama, uh, wife, Jenna Sims. Congratulations to them. Brooksy's new father. That's what I'm going to be interested yeah. to see is, you know, throughout that'd be a fun study to look at just the before and after athletes when they had their first kid. You know, what is the average effect of a child on performance? However you define performance. That's a hell of a, a, a hole to go research hole to go down. But, but it is, you hear the storyline on in professional sports so much that it, it could be worth it. It could be worth it. Just, just from an interesting 
uh, perspective. But before all that happens, let's get back to the Ryder Cup. All right, <clears throat> where where do you want to start with this? I will tell you, like how I asked you a question and then just cut you off before you had a chance to answer. You're a gem for putting up with me. Hi, Cooper. I see you. Hi, you. Cooper. Andrew says hi. Uh, our boys from over at One Night in Pinehurst had me on, and uh, I was yes. I was there. I was there court jester to entertain them about the Ryder Cup and hopefully drop a little bit of knowledge or some perspective because you're right. I have been nerding out on this for the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, Hi, kid. And uh, and one and, and so we you know we got into it a little bit yesterday. But one of the things I took away from their show is remember I told you I know absolutely next to nothing about sports betting. When I say next sure. to nothing, I mean there's like knowledge, there's like periphery knowledge, there's you know people who know how to log into DraftKings, and then there's me. And uh, yeah, I did finally kind of get a quick education on the plus minus. Uh, so when we look at some of these bets and these prop bets later. Um, I finally did get a little bit of background on that. <coughs> I understand it well enough to know that like, you know, bigger means more and what the plus and the minus means. So I, I guess I'm on the right track. That's but a solid the, start. <laughs> but some of these, some of these bets are going to be influenced by the course. And uh, this Marco Simone course is outside of Rome. They keep, they keep one of the things you'll, you'll hear about. And if you have this on, on your bingo card, then you're a step ahead, but 10 miles from uh, city center. That's what they keep saying. It's 10 miles from the city center of Rome, which mm. I mean, I guess you have to give a frame of reference, but that's going to annoy me. But yeah, 10 miles outside of the city center of Rome, Marco Simone was named for whatever, you know, nobles, men, prince, lord, whatever, you know, 500 years ago, bought the property and then built a bunch of, you know, built a big manor around it, whatever. It was designed by Jim Fazio, which is father. Uh, his son, Tom Fazio, is slightly a little more well-known, but Jim Fazio is the pater familias of the Fazio design family. And they brought mm -hmm. Tom back to uh, when they redid this course in 2018 as part of the Italian Golf Federation's pitch to say, hey, we want the Ryder Cup. And for folks who don't know, it, it kind of works similar to uh, the Olympics where different cities and countries or entities basically put, you know, put sales pitches together uh, yeah. to the, the, the governing bodies of the Ryder cup. So that'd probably be like, you know, the RNA, the DP world tour, the USG figure it out years in advance and they give them time to plan. Yeah. And so, and so part of that is going to be, this is a short course that like you and I were texting the other day. It's a short course, you know, 7,100 yards, par 71, but the, the fun thing about it is there's a ton of elevation change, and that's going to impact this yeah. week in two different ways. First of all, the elevation change uh, for a lot of holes means these are drivable par fours. I saw a stat somewhere out there that four of the last eight holes provide eagle opportunities because you have a handful of drivable par fours and a reachable par five in there, and not to mention you have a 150-yard par three. So the back nine is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't think front nine you know leads are going to be safe. Uh, yes, I, and I did absolutely cop that from whatever article I read earlier, but, uh, <laughs> Sorry. but the, but, but the excitement is going to be there and they've built this thing up like a stadium, like a Coliseum. There's another reference you're going to hear the entire time because oh, the Coliseum yeah. in Rome. So I think it's going to be a fun watch. I think we are favored a little bit, uh, on paper as we see in the odds, but so we are, I yeah, think that's just, I think that's just traditional, you know, Western hemisphere. Well, I guess they're in the Western hemisphere. No, they're not. Well, yeah, they, they, I'm a, it's yeah well minus 110 favorites right now for USA uh Europe's plus 115 so I mean it's it's all it's not, close enough yeah not it's not too far from a coin flip 
Yeah. Uh, but the way that the course is set up. And so we talk about, you know, uh, the Italian golf federation got to pitch it. And then mm-hmm. the Europeans, we had the, uh, the thing with live golf and that's what this writer was talking about. It all started with when Henrik Stenson got the boot from the Ryder cup captaincy oh, you know, yeah. because he went to live. And the point this guy was trying to make is between that, between not having Phil Mickelson as kind of a captain's presence for the next few years until this all this dust settles, if ever, to not have people like Ian Poulter and uh, what's his chubby face? Uh, uh, never won a major. Lee Lee Westwood. Oh, and, Lee Westwood. You know, yes. Louis Ustin. When you have those guys who <laughs> again would be those either either some seasoned vets or Sergio, you know, seasoned vet or yeah. maybe just a vice captain. When you remove them, he's saying, well, now we've kind of bastardized the process or now it's been cheapened. I don't think so. I really don't. And I think the numbers are going to show that people are going to tune in anyway. I don't think you're going to have the big Bryson boycott uh, because he didn't get a phone call. Boo hoo. I mean, this is kind of life. You know, it's like, you know, I I do think people like Dustin Johnson even entertaining the question of would you have made the team if you were still on the PGA Tour? Yeah, I for sure would have why don't you just say well i'm not so you know <laughs> yeah. we don't know like i'd like to think i was but it well that's sorry, the thing that, know, that, that's this where is going to move on without you that's where it comes back to me being like where i do go back to just having that annoyance about live golf sometimes is it's almost like they they like to sometimes they like to pull the drama in and, and make it when they don't have to like saying something like, like when you could easily just pivot and be the professional and just be like nah I'm not on the team though, so let's move on to next week. You know, because then that, then, then even then that gives you the opportunity to then then boast about the next live golf event. Like you can pivot into that easily. Now I'm just focused on the next event. It's going to be here. It's going to be like you know you then have the chance to to talk up your event and talk up your league. Uh, but the second you 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 hit you give the media that that line, um, they're not going to hear anything else you say. They're going to be focused on that. Yeah, and I am being it's annoying. It's just, just suck it up. Said, <laughs> but I read that and, and it's like hot take, you know, another traditionalist who's like, whoa, the days he is right. This is a new era of the Ryder Cup. I mean, we're mm-hmm. half the team are captain's picks now. And I think you're going to see that moving forward. Maybe it might drop back to four, but half the teams are captain's picks. And that's a big deal on this one because the Americans are going to this place blind. I, remember, I mentioned Marco yeah. Simone, our, the host course. It's like a resort, basically. It's got a championship course and then a nine-hole-like resort course. And the championship course, once it was once it was identified, then they go to work. And Luke Donald, the captain, has a lot of say in how this thing gets set up, how narrow the fairways get cut in the landing areas, You know where do they want to grow the rough at, where do they mm-hmm. want to move some of these bunkers around when they were doing the redesign. He was part of all those conversations. And he can even kind of have some say, you know, in the in where these teeing grounds get set up. But I learned something new today because I was just thinking to myself, like, how far does that go? Does he get to actually set the the pins? I mean, is it that loaded? No. So the host the host country does get to determine the order of play. And for the first time okay. in something like 30 years, they're going to do foursomes in the morning both days. So they do get to determine which order that goes in. And a quick refresher for you, foursomes. <laughs> is alternate shot and four ball is what we would call best ball. And, you know, you just literally think of how many actual golf balls are in play at a time. If there's four of them, it's the best ball. If there's two of them, that's why it's called whatever the hell I just said. It's foursomes because there's four people playing with two balls. Uh, But they're going to lead off with foursomes both days. And so this all kind of comes to a head when you consider the elevation changes, uh, the types of players that you need to put out there early in the morning with the foursomes versus the types of guys you just want out there 
uh, for morale or the fact that it's Scotty Scheffler. You're not going to sit him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if a ton of guys are going to be playing all five matches because this is a par- apparently a pretty taxing course to walk. Again, elevation changes like 60, 110 feet. I think the 18th hole is 585 or 590 yards, something Jeez. like that, par five. And it's going to be playing a little bit into the wind, apparently, coming off the Mediterranean. Okay. Look at me dropping geography. But <laughs> they said it's downhill, like 115 feet. So we're talking about that 18th at Kapalua field where these guys can just sling it out there and hopefully it's going to provide some some pretty uh pretty exciting finishes for any of those matches that do go the distance and yeah and those singles total- matches are going to be great because you know one guy walks up on some of those drivable holes and, and with driver in hand and, and hits a good one out there then the next guy is like well screw laying up now like i gotta take a shot too it's gonna create a ton of drama i'm so excited yeah and you can, it's another thing about singles. I was doing some research because uh, you're going to hear this story this week. The concession to Jack Nicholas, 1969, him and Tony Jacklin. Uh, USA, you know, USA has the cup. Basically, Tony Jacklin has to win the 18th hole against Jack Nicholas. Jacklin yeah. had won the open that year. Nicholas is a rookie. You know, they're all square. And then when Nicholas makes his par putt and basically keeps the cup for the Americans, because now Jacklin's got a three footer for par. He just picks up Jacqueline's mark and it was like, everybody's going nuts. Apparently the captain at the time was like, what the hell was that? And Nicholas was intentional about it. He said, you know, he's playing, we're in England, but he's a British guy. He just won the open championship. Why the worst thing that could happen for us is he makes it, but we keep the cup. The worst thing that could happen for him is this guy just gets embarrassed in front of me. Like why? Who cares? Yeah. Let's, let's move on. The, the game was over. over. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. The winners decided just, it makes sense. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of that this week. I mean, we don't have any Patrick Reeds out there. Uh, you know, I think that you'll you'll see folks try to make a, a monster out of Tyrrell Hatton. Tyrrell, as we've talked yeah. about before, but that's just his passion. There's rumor that there's going to be a, a Tyrrell Hatton-John Rom pairing going around. Mm. And you want to talk about a couple of guys that if they get ahead of steam going, yeah. uh, they're going to be hard to stop. If you look at the practice mat pairings today, you also had Victor Hovland and John Rahm in the same foursome. And that's another pairing there where, it, I mean, that's a lot of firepower. Yeah. Uh, and also I go back to we're guests. So on the, on the flight over for um, a couple of weeks ago, they all came and played a practice round. I didn't realize none of these guys had never been here before. So they're, they're out there kind mm-hmm. of fresh. That can go one of two ways. If, if it really is a, you know, super challenging, got to know the local knowledge, Augusta type feel vibe, or, you know, then that could screw these guys. If it is kind of a little more fair, which you think it might be being a resort course, you know, but they do play the Italian open there. Um, Who knows? Maybe sometimes it's kind of like you're just playing a game of pickup basketball. It favors you when you're not on your home court, but uh, all of the guys on the deep on the European side know this course have played here. Bob McIntyre actually won the Italian open when it was hosted here a couple years ago. So home field advantage, definitely to them. They're going to set it up what favors them, which is going to be accuracy and shot making uh, as opposed to our bomb and gougers who can just get hot, throw darts with wedges. Uh, All that said, Leading with foursomes both days is something that does entertain me. I don't know if I'm going to have the the strength to get to get up that early both days and watch them both. I do have the tournament yeah. of champions myself on on Saturday. Uh, I intend to put my name on another trophy this summer. Hashtag club there champ. We go. I will also be playing Saturday. Hey, but for a lot less uh, a lot less stakes, just at uh, Whipperwill and Hudson. I love oh. Whipperwill. Cool whip. Uh, so what is it? about the Ryder cup, when you hear Ryder cup, what jumps to your mind first? It's the fandom. 
Like for me, it's just the whole experience of a massive group of people backing like a Cause that's the thing in golf. You don't typically get that, you know, where, uh, where the masses are supporting one person or one group of people. Everyone's in golf. Is one of, I never it, thought about that. Like in golf, it's one of those where like, sure. You're probably rooting for one guy, but you're also probably rooting for like 10, 15, 20 guys. Like, cause you just like a lot of guys and you, it, you like, that's how I feel a lot when I'm watching a regular tournament. I'm like, yeah, I really want this guy to win, but I'm fine at this guy. Wins. I'm also fine at this guy. Like, because you don't really hate anyone in golf. I mean, maybe one or two guys here and there, but it, it's easy to cheer for whoever. The That's Ryder Cup, the, the Ryder Cup, though, this is all about backing your boys. And, and you, I feel like you can always feel every time I watch it on TV, because I've obviously never been to one, you can feel that fandom coming through the TV, whether it's the hometown crowd or the, the people who travel, like those galleries following those teams around. It's It's just noticeable. And that's why I love sports. I've always loved sports for the fandom, for the energy, for the atmosphere. And we, this is like the one time golf gets that. And I never, I, thought, I never thought about it. it that way where this is where, by the way, this is why team golf only works in this style or format when you have, uh, when, when you have, the, I think, I think this guy has, has the monopoly on our brains, which is why we're not opened up to four guys called the fireballs in matching, <laughs> right. in matching bowling outfits going out there playing. I mean, it's stupid. I think this, this Ryder Cup, and the reason I brought up the, the the Fire Pit Collective piece, I think he's right. The old Ryder Cup is dead, but I don't think so in the way that he that he meant yeah. it. I think that we kind of set a bar with the display and the crowds at Whistling Straits a couple of years ago. I mean, that was huge. I mean, yeah, yeah, JT and Jordan out there shotgun and beers since they're not playing the <laughs> afternoon. I mean, it, it, it was it was a, a vibe, as the kids would say. Oh, I know, but it's so true. But I hate that. I hate that that word that word works here, but it it does. No, it's a total vibe. Yeah. Uh, there, it's a total vibe. <laughs> you just made it so much worse. And just go back to but vibe. in golf, there are there are rarely. I mean, there are times when it's like <coughs> like Tiger at Pebble in two thousand when he was going for that record. That was everybody was sure. just on Team Tiger. You know, you're just watching history in in the making. Um, yep. You know, there's there was Thigala a couple of weeks ago, basically a California kid in front of a home crowd where everybody was kind of on the same side. Like we all know yeah. what we're doing here. And, those and moments let's, come, but yeah, they don't. Let those moments typically or married to one of the other players. We're all rooting for this guy right here. But those moments this, don't typically come until Sunday in those instances because the whole three days before leading right. up to Sunday, it's it's an unknown. You don't know if it's worth like. I hate to put it this way, but it's almost like you don't know if it's worth putting the energy into the the attention that's needed to follow it because at least on that one guy, because you don't know if it's gonna if he's even gonna be in position come Sunday. But so Sunday is when that stuff happens for sure. We get it every day this weekend. Exactly, because every single in match play, every hole counts. There is no, uh, you know, the, the stakes are higher in every single round. And to have it where the crowd does get divided, not for a person, but like. It just makes it simple. You're either on this side or that side. It makes it binary, which is very much kind of the root of all battle and Coliseum type behavior. You know, you, you down in the pit, one of you walks away. And that's, I mean, that I, I like, I like that that's the feel it's going to be. There's going to be high mm -hmm. emotions. You're going to see a lot of fist pumping and screaming and chest bumping. And yes. it's all going to be, I think, in good, in good faith. I think, I think Brooksy is going to take some shots from the crowd. Um, I think our guys are going to catch a lot of hell from the crowd because I mean, we not, not, not necessarily 
I think it's just going to be like waste management where they might have some personal mm-hmm. information about you and just be yelling. Hey, but I'm there for that. Give me the creative jabs at the players. Like that's fun. Yes. Just don't, just yes. don't cross the line of being right. a dick about it, but right. you find some fun stuff on the internet that you want to embarrass the guy with. Sure. Go for it. I'm all for that. Right. You find out that somebody was Mr. Personality of their high school or exactly. something like that. And yeah. you just say like, Hey, Mr. Per- I, I, I do too. But I, when you said the fans, or the fandom of it all, you know, that, that, that's not where my brain was going, but I guess it kind of was because I was thinking of like, I was thinking of specific Ryder cups. Is there a Ryder oh. cup <laughs> moment that, I mean, I know you're not into it to the depths of me, but is there anything sure. like that you can think of beyond the last Ryder cup that, that, that jumps out at you? Probably not. If I'm being honest, what? Like, yeah, I, I gotta know what I'm dealing with here. This this is how raw you are with <laughs> Ryder Cup history. With history, with history, yes, yes, with the history of it all, yes. Ah, oh, geez. All right, never mind then. <laughs> so, 1999, then Brookline, Massachusetts, the Country Club, yep. uh, the you know the setting and everything. That one, I was actually at a baseball tournament. I think it was a wooden bat baseball tournament in somewhere in Western Florida, Pensacola or Panama City. And my mom, it was, you know, it was a Sunday afternoon. We were playing in the second or third game of the day. It was one of those high school things. You play in like three games a day. You're just going the whole time. My mom actually had it on a little two inch handheld black and white, like TV that she got from Radio Shack to be able to watch the U S open one year when she was traveling, she was a nut about that kind of stuff. And she loved gadgets. <laughs> I love but it. She, I actually was watching that, that, that Justin Leonard putt, uh, that, that essentially didn't seal it because Olathaba had a putt, <laughs> but basically put it, put him on the ropes and it was the knockout blow eventually for, for our comeback that year when nobody had made it. I think we were down four or four and a half points. And in the mm-hmm. history of the cup at that point, 70 some odd years nobody had come back from that and, you know if you you had to be within two points or three points traditionally to have a fighting chance on sunday and ben crenshaw famously ends his press conference said you know i got a funny feeling about tomorrow you know mm-hmm. that's all i'm gonna say about that and then he just kind of walked you know don't count us out basically i got a funny feeling about tomorrow and it set the stage justin leonard you know sinks the putt and that was the first time that I think, you know, blows had been thrown since the the war on the shore, Kiowa <laughs> Island, 1991. That's a great book, by the way. If you ever wanted to immerse yourself into some Ryder Cup lore, that specific Ryder Cup was, I mean, it was everything. It was epic. It was gritty. It was bloody, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course. <laughs> And it was on this it was on this brand new design that was just being kind of unveiled to the world. It was a link style setting here in America with something we hadn't really seen before. Yeah. But uh, the, the 1999, all of a sudden the team comes on the the, the putting green. Olathabel still has to putt. You know, our people are already popping champagne. Do you, is there ever a moment? I mean, I think about the Pats 28 to three. When you make yeah. one of those comebacks, mm-hmm. the Red Sox in 04, when you when you overcome something that hasn't been done before. Outside of direct personal attacks, do you need to say excuse me or do you have to apologize for your behavior or is it no holds barred? Like as far as from a fan standpoint, celebrating or do you sure. mean like if you're the player like in the moment? Like I, 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 well, I, I guess, it, I guess it doesn't matter. I... I guess it doesn't matter because my answer is no, there's no apology needed no matter what. Like that is an absolute like you climb the mountain. You you yeah. you you hit the peak, okay. and at, I feel like you you here. you have that uh you make that accomplishment. You are allowed to scream as loud as you want. You are allowed to dance as wild as you want. It doesn't matter. That's your moment. You earned it. 
All right. So we talked about the format. We talked about the the location, so to speak. I brought up the Battle of Brookline. That was <laughs> that was just an incredible the 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 worst, the absolute bottom <laughs> of the barrel worst golf shirts I have ever seen in my entire life. They yeah. look like wallpaper from the inside of a country club, which I think maybe was the the kind of angle they were going for, but it okay. was piss poor and it was awful. That said, that said, the um El Tigre doesn't exactly have the best Ryder Cup record. So you know, he we, doesn't. Yeah, that's something he? that um, I don't know what his actual numbers are. I could look those up real fast. But I just know that in the past when I have watched uh, when when he's been involved, um, I, I remember leaving watching his matches feeling um, a, a little Goog- disappointed. The Googler is spitting out 13, 21, and 3. Yeah, that's actually that's... a lot worse than I thought, honestly. <laughs> that's... That's wild. I like. I thought he was closer to 50 50 if I'm being honest. Well, I mean, he's because he had also how many match play wins throughout the years. He did win a handful of those WGC match plays, but also he has his six consecutive USGA, you know, the US yeah. junior and the US amateur. Sure. Um, I guess, I guess that was kind of shocking. I know he's done a little bit better in the President's Cup, but when do you want to see Tiger Woods as a Ryder Cup captain? Um, because you, you know he's going to be at some point. Like I don't know. Give me give me another two or three years. Two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I, I think what we I think what we need to see is I I mean I, and I'm think we're pretty much there now. But what we need to see is the 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 hope of uh of a a 2018 Masters moment uh to be completely gone. Like we 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 need we need that to be uh. To, to know that he's never going to play like that again. So just move on to the captaincy at that point in, the, in my eyes. And I, I th- and I'm curious to see, like, I don't think he's go. I, I think that moment's already come and gone, honestly. Um, but if, you know, depending on if he sets his schedule right to where he's just playing the majors and he like, who knows, maybe he can still perform well enough to where he it keeps that hope alive for some people over the next couple of years. Why? Where are you on that? I think he's going to be the next captain. I you think, think he's he, gonna, right away? I think I, th- I think you are right that he's going to continue to play the majors. Uh, I I still think that he might sneak another another Masters here or there because again that's a, that's one of those courses that just lends itself to repetition <clears throat> and experience and True. you know it, it you know we saw how awful it was for him to try to trudge through that place this year but oh that's why God. he went that's why he went and got the surgeries and he's getting better. I, but I think we'll see him as the next Ryder Cup captain because maybe Phil was in line for that spot until yes. Liv happened. Uh, and it's going to be at Bethpage Black, which uh, Tiger famously Ooh. won that, that U.S. Open, the People's Open. I think I think, public course. I think that U.S. Open might have been when I really fell in love with golf. That was the I think that was the first one at Bethpage Black that I was I found myself completely glued to every shot every day for some reason. I don't know why, but that I that's like my first memory of like really watching like the entire thing. That's funny because that I I actually didn't I want to say I did not watch those US opens because I was I was working at summer camp. And so oh, let me see what that yeah, that, that was about right. that was, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Beth Page Black 2002. Yeah, so that would have been my first summer at camp. That was actually yeah. the first major that I missed in my life. 
uh, up to that point since I was conscious in the 86 Masters, which I cling to, but I still think it's just my brain playing tricks I, on I me. I was working at JG's Ice Cream Stand in Methuen, Mass, when uh, on that final round, and then uh, the the extra round on Monday morning there as well. Um, I was working both of those days and was watching on the, the tiny little tube TV up in the corner for the, the employees, uh, praying nobody came to the window to get ice cream. But I just funny. wanted to stand there and watch it. One more one more fun TV story, and then we can hit up our, our friends at Underdog. Yes, yes. Uh, Open Championship 90, I want to say it was 99, the Jean Vandeville meltdown. Watched that at a, at a little 10-inch TV at a starter's <laughs> hut. Uh, at a at a club outside of Detroit uh, <laughs> when I was on a road trip with my my parents back in high school, uh, I remember I was brooding over not being able to be home and hang out with my girlfriend, and I just like oh, sli- no. I, I silently moped <laughs> in the back of the car as we drove around the beautiful state of Michigan and like played golf and stayed with family and friends on Lake Michigan and stuff. And I'm like, you this just you fair. just want to be with your girl. I want I want to be home. And I was listening to <laughs> I re- I'll never forget I was listening to the American Pie soundtrack just like on a loop that. And then I would sprinkle it in with some uh, Disney Hercules. I was, I was really big into that soundtrack. Okay. Disney Hercules that, you know, that's not a bad soundtrack overlooked in the, in the world of uh, Disney soundtrack. The go the distance is, I mean, that that's that that'll, that'll pull you out of a slump. Like if I, if I'm going to say Disney songs to play in the locker room before the Ryder cup, which at the very beginning, I talked about, you know, in the intro, I always mentioned we saw it in full swing. We're not going to see a lot in full swing from this Ryder Cup. I guess they said no, no, but not behind the scenes anyway. Interesting. Uh, you're not in the locker room. You're not with the team, you know, doing this, that, and the other kid. This, which I like. I think that's kind of okay to draw a boundary sometimes and just be like, yeah. no, this is, we're here for business. This is not, this is bigger than any one of us. And we appreciate what you're doing, that kind of stuff. I'm sure they're there. They have to be there. They're covering it just like anybody else. Of but, course. Um, but yeah, we're not going to see a ton out of full swing, but I am looking forward to see the next season of full swing. All right. Why don't we, uh, why don't, why don't we do take our break? We'll come back, look at some players, look at some bets, talk a little bit more about the course and uh, get some, get some predictions. Yes, we will. We'll be right back. Fantasy sports Corp and underdog fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with best ball. What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. And that's going to be a great place you can go over and bet for the Ryder Cup. Uh, I, b- I believe they have some tournaments up for that. But um, that'll that'll be interesting drafting players in that snake style for uh, uh, for the Ryder Cup because with the matches, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but you mentioned it. Let, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's jump into a little bit of bets real fast here because – as always, the, there's a lot. We, we already touched on the overall tournament winner, USA favorite right now on DraftKings at minus 110. Uh, you're a plus 115, um, which if history is telling you anything with, with where this is uh, being played, uh, Europe seems like a great bet to get to have it plus money right now. But um, I, I do kind of think the setup favors the, the U.S. team uh, play style a little bit better. 
Uh, so 110 is still still fine with me. <clears throat> um, but hell, you can you can bet everything as far as uh, total halved matches, which is right now over <laughs> under three and a half. Um, there's different team props to see like which team to lead first, US or Europe, which is pretty much even odds right now. Um, the, the, there's everything on here that you can race to five points, race to ten points. Uh, once we have the matchups set, you're going to be able to go on and bet the individual matchups as well. So uh, we need that information first, but it's going to be a while. If you're a betting man, the Ryder Cup is or woman. The Ryder Cup is is a hot ticket item for you to just get in there and have a lot of action all at once, finishing at different times and making a lot of money. I'll tell you where I'm going to be interested uh, to have a little fun is these daily session winners. So basically pick it yeah. once we know some matchups getting in there and we know what the foursomes matchups are going to be like Friday morning, uh, getting in there and trying to predict what's the final score going to be. Is it going to be European taking the session three? So basically you're just trying to pick the, yeah. you know, the correct score at the end of each day. I mean, this yeah. is borderline Super Bowl squares type stuff at the end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. you know, the, the score is going to have a seven in it or something like that. Uh, and the overall points bet is something that, again, I'd be leery of given the, you know, what you don't know about who's going to play how much I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit, you know, I wouldn't be putting money on Bobby McIntyre to be the top earner out there. Cause again, he might be one of those guys for Europe who only sees one session outside of Sunday singles. Remember everybody's going to play Sunday and, and and it's kind of cool how they do it uh, with the lineups. They don't, you know, the president's cup has fun with it and it's a live draft. Basically they announce who's going out, you know, our, you know, the yep. team USA putting out first <clears throat> Dustin Johnson. And it's like, Oh, international squad, Adam Scott. It's, it's a yeah. pretty cool thing. These guys basically put it in an envelope and hand it in. And so they don't know who's going, you know, who they're putting against. They just position, you know, basically you position, you go on the bookends, depending on your score scenario though, assuming it's all tied or even if you're within a couple points, you got it. You want to get points early and then you want to make sure you have some hammers at the end. Uh, Cause if this thing like Nelly quarter in the Solheim cup comes down to one person, I'll tell you what, I want Brooksy with a club in his hand. Uh, if, if, if everything's on the line, uh, mm-hmm. him, or Justin Thomas, I think that they've just proven themselves under that kind of pressure and heat, you know, time and time again. I loved it. Did you see Rory? Somebody asked Rory, what did you think about Justin Thomas being a captain's pick? No, I didn't see that either. Like I said, my head's been buried the last like week. Enough with your excuses. <laughs> no, he just, uh, he just goes, he's like, yeah, it's a no brainer. So yeah. I, I think if anybody, so they all know. Yeah, I think the only the only real the real kind of spotlight's gonna be on Shane Lowry to see what kind of performance he puts out there because yeah. he's under a little bit of scrutiny. Uh, tr- definitely being kind of the 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 jolly get along with the guys, knows the team, knows the vibe. Uh, pick versus again Adrian Marunk, who's the DP World Tour player. We we've been big on him when he's made some appearances mm-hmm. in the states because uh, he's pretty good. He won the Italian Open at this course earlier this year. I mean that. That to me is a little bit of a head scratcher and he was in good form and he was just shy on the points. So, I mean, not having a guy who won here, but again, this is, well, you said, you said Bob McIntyre had won at one point too. So like they could have had two guys on the Europe team. Right. So let's go, but it's match play. Victor Hoffman was out there kind of saying he doesn't like the course. He's like, I remember playing it and he's like, I don't like this course very much. He goes, but Mm -hmm. that's for stroke play. He's sure. like match play. This this sets up kind of interesting. He's like, I think it's really interesting. You got blind tee shots. You got blind approach shots. You've got a plenty reachable mm-hmm. par fives and fours. 
Uh, and, and again, how they have this setup working four of the last eight holes are going to be real scoring opportunities where yeah. par could easily <laughs> lose you the hole and is not safe at all, which I guess when you get I'm with these guys as good as they are, par is never really safe. Uh, but the, 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 the foursomes, I keep going back to those foursomes because that's going to separate the men from the boys. I think not anybody can go out there in best ball, but in best ball, it does get back, back to that. I'm going to play my game. You play your game. These guys, I don't think are, are approaching best ball as much like you and I, where it's like, oh shit, my partner just hit in the water. Oh man, I better, yeah. I better, I better club down and make sure that I just take double bogey out of play and really try to put a score on the card, not fuck us overall. I mean, they there might be an element to that, but by sure. and large, these guys are so good that nothing's going to change. I'm going to play my ball and do my thing, uh, and you know we're just going to try to make as many birdies as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So. It, the foursomes is going to be where everything gets separated. And that's why I think I'm going to have a lot of fun looking at those foursomes, uh, correct scores and trying to predict, make some predictions there. Uh, because yeah, <clears throat> well, I was just looking at the top point score and I think my favorite one right here is, is Xander at plus 1200. Um, I kind of out of that. Cause, cause really after, after like, like you mentioned, you don't really know how much some of these guys are going to play. Um, you know, after Brooks Kepka, as far as on the odds, he's at plus fourteen hundred right now. You're right. After that, Tommy Fleetwood, Max Homa, Colin Morikawa, Tyrrell Hat, and Jordan Spieth. Like, there's probably going to be some matches that these guys are, are missing out on. Um, but Xander, Pat, Xander, and Cantley, and Victor, and Rom, and McElroy, and Sheffield. Like, these guys are going to play probably the most out of out of everybody. And Xander, with his match play history, plus twelve hundred. I like. I love those odds right there. Um, the one that's also intrigued the top rookie scorer section. You can bet on just the top rookie, which is which is a lot of fun because um, the fact that you've mentioned Bob McIntyre, if they, Europe does choose to lean on a guy who's had a pretty hot season and has a course history on this, he's the highest odds at plus 1,100 for the top rookie scorer. It's not out of the realm of possibility in my eyes that he outscores and, and points this week. Um, everybody except maybe Max Homa, who's plus three hundred, but Robert Robert McIntyre at eleven at plus eleven hundred for a rookie score. I feel like that's a that's a a great shot to take. I don't think he's going to be out there enough. I think you're going to see you're going to see Aberg and Straka out there. I think Hoygard and Bob McIntyre might be out there once. I could be eating my words. Mm-hmm. I got my assistant over here bitch, complaining. See, about she liked my pick too. So just that's what she's board, telling but... me to. Sh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. This is really good entertainment, isn't it? Great no, it's content. great. <laughs> but I'm 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 cycling through some of the. Uh, yeah, you said what you liked was the the four balls correct score. That's what you said you liked, right? That's four balls, four foursomes actually is what I'm talking about. The oh, sorry, four, I mean, the four balls just as much fun. Oh, there it is. Foursomes correct score. I just had to click one more time. Yeah, the foursomes. Uh, yeah, day you can go foursomes day one correct score. Uh, right now, the the least odds are tied two two at plus two sixty, all the way up to uh, Europe to sweep at four zero at plus twenty two hundred. Um, I, I honestly don't see a sweep happening. In, in these in these these groupings, so um, the the USA four zero at plus two thousand, Europe four zero at plus twenty two hundred, like those aren't even 
considerations to me. I think this is going to be a pretty close back and forth Ryder Cup that we're dealing with. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm just looking to see, try to see if there's uh, if there's any good value here. I mean, two and a half to one and a half for both sides is a uh, plus five fifty. Like I could see that happening. That's probably that I could see that happening. Um, and it's only a little bit less than your than Europe's three one at plus five hundred. Like, I don't know. The odds just get a little crazy, a little weird. Well, there. The, and also you don't know shit until the matchups are. are yeah. Are so announced. I'm not making any bets right now until we see some no, matchups. We get a point, sense of who's who's going to be playing the most. I do like the rookie bet. You know the overall points for for the for the rookie. I, I mean I'd hit yeah. Aberg, Aberg for for the Europeans there. And uh, where's the where I just had it in front of me, top U.S. rookie, and uh, Sam Burns for the uh, for the Americans. I know that Wyndham Clark's been kind of flapping his yap a little bit, and he's getting he's getting flack for that. But I love his explanation. He's like, if I don't think I'm I'm better than everybody else out here, then what am I doing here at this level? Yeah, I'm you like, have that's, to. You have yeah, to have that you, attitude. I mean, you know, people just like again, it was the Brian Harmon effect. We all were like, who the hell's Brian Harmon? Not you and me, you and me, sure. especially you. You've been, but a lot of a lot of people, time. a lot of folks. Like, who is this yeah. guy? Who is this short little lefty who just keeps rolling the rock? But I think Sam Burns uh, for the top U.S. rookie because he's on the team because he's Scotty Scheffler's buddy, and I think Scotty is not a. If anybody's going to go all five, it might be Scotty, but I don't think so. I think if uh, they'll strategically sit him, let's say we get out yeah. to a massive lead real quick, uh, you know, let's say we 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 have a couple point lead going into the second day, you might see him sit that that second day morning round and then play in the afternoon. Uh, or vice versa, depending on how well him and Sam do an alternate shot. I'm just assuming him, Scotty and Sam are going to play together because that's what the talking heads say. It's kind of like the Justin, uh, the JT and Jordan Spieth thing. Like, why would you split them up? They're they're pretty damn mm-hmm. good with, with one another. But in doing that, you are going to limit the amount of times that you see Wyndham Clark or Brian Harmon. I mean, they're going to be the Bob McIntyres of Team USA, in my opinion. Unless I don't know something that the captains see out there. I'm just, you know, you got Max Homa. And Colin Morikawa, but but then again, Colin Morikawa and Patrick Cantlay were just mopping the floor with people last time around. Yep. So you got Morikawa and Cantlay, you got Sam and Scott, Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler, and you got Justin and JT or JT and Jordan. Yeah, What's which the then and then you've got your. Always I think fire. I think Ricky might see four or five matches because again, if mm-hmm. he's playing well. He's in the, the one of the reasons he's on the team is not just because everybody likes him and he's a good guy, is because his game plays well with everybody. Daddy, he can play with just about anybody else out there. So, yeah, is, yeah there, sure. is there anybody who is you know at the top of the the list here? Your your like the favorites um, in here that you could see playing uh, a small enough amount of matches to to strike zero and score zero points. Cause I'm looking at that right now. There's you can bet guys to win zero points for their team. Um, That's just mean spirited. It is just mean spirited, but it just creates the, it creates the thinking of, is there anybody you could see being an absolute flop for, for any of their, cause, cause here's the thing. If, if one of these guys goes out and, and say, you know, starts off Oh, and two in their matches, um, do, there's a chance that we're not going to, even if he's one of the top guys on the team, we might not see him again until the singles on Sunday. I'm looking at the list right now. I could see Max Homa laying an egg. I was thinking the same thing. And, and a plus not 1600, to, not to kick. like plus 1600, I might be all right throwing a couple bucks at that. <laughs> be, because 
he admits it himself that he he's he sits at that line teetering back and forth between I'm one of the be- I'm one of the best players on the planet and I know yep. it and what am I doing out here this game is hard so if the wheels get a little wobbly you look up and down Patrick Cantlay has won a FedEx Cup Scotty Scheffler Scotty Scheffler world number one Colin Morikawa has won a couple <laughs> majors Spieth's won a couple majors uh, Shoffley's got a gold medal Brooks Kepka is mm-hmm. known for being tough mentally. JT is, is the same way. Wyndham Clark has got his bona fides after this year. And same yep. with Brian Harmon, major winner himself. It, that leaves Mac, Max Homa and Ricky. Ricky could also maybe all of Ricky a sudden. Could. It's one of the, I, I doubt it. He's, I'd feel he's more, at, for the same odds, I'd feel more comfortable betting Justin Rose to lay an egg than Ricky, I think. That's a good point. I, that's that's actually a good pull from the European side. On, on the European side, uh, let's see. Because I'm just not sure how much we see of Justin Rose this week with the rest of the team. Like, uh, like I think he's like, I think maybe we get two matches out of him. That's hilarious. They break this down. You can do the top great Britain and Ireland, uh, point score, the top English point score. I know it's, cra- it's crazy. crazy what, what you could bet on. It's, it's what have I been missing on? What have I been missing out on in the, in the betting world? Uh, but looking at the European point scorer side, I think you could see an egg out of Justin Rose. Um, you know what I'm interested to see this. And this is like, if the, if the gods love me, they will grant this wish. I want Sunday singles for it to work out that you've got Matt Fitzpatrick and Brooks Kepka. Because mm. if there's any live threads to pull on, this would be That's one it. where Matty Fitzpatrick was on the record at a podcast and maybe it was in full. It's kind of like up there with the Rory McElroy, fuck you, Phil. Like they wouldn't. Yeah, that exactly. Camera and he's like, oh shit, what's going to happen? And that's where you kind of wish that Phil maybe was one was on the other around. side. We've got around. this now. And, and whether it's in Sunday singles or in, in, in any of the four ball or foursome matches, I would love to see because you know that guys like Brooks and Deion Sanders keeps receipts. Right, they they oh, have yeah. to have something mentally to to keep that edge going. God knows that he's got the money. God knows that he's got he's got the girl. God knows that he's got his trophies. He's got the talent. So complacency can set in. Tom Brady was famous for finding every little thing that he could mm-hmm. to drive him and think that people were down. I love when those guys nobody believed in us. Tom, you were literally the favorite from day one. <laughs> like Michael Jordan was famous for that too. Uh, there's a great story of him in international play where they were, it was early in the dream team and uh, they get into the huddle and I guess they're assigning people like, you're going to guard this guy. You're going to guard that guy. And Mike goes, no, I got so-and-so. And I guess Chuck Daly was like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, like, or whoever was coaching that team, Pat, Pat Riley, Chuck Daly, I can't remember which one. So what are you doing? He's like, he's like the third string, this, that, and the other. And apparently MJ just looked at him and was like, yeah, but he said this to his hometown paper, yada, yada, yada. In like some foreign <laughs> newspaper, he's like, yeah, now yeah. I'm going to let him know. And so I guess the whole game, he was just beating on this kid. And so they find those little edges. And that's why I want some Matty Fitzpatrick, Brooks Kepka showdown. Please, It'll Lord, if it can happen, that'd be great. Because I think Brooks would – by the way, Matt Fitzpatrick strikes me as don't is, is it's the perfect David versus Goliath. You've got a linebacker versus the librarian. You know, I mean, you're this scrawny little kid who just got his braces off figuratively and literally versus, yeah. you know, BK, have it your I way, Mr. Florida care. State. You know, he oozes <clears throat> North Florida frat boy, which is why I think everybody hates him and which is why I kind of identify with him. <laughs> so uh but brooksy I, br- I bring up brooks not just because of the, the live, probably went to camp to 
Um, I, I, here's the, I never went to camp as a kid. I actually, I, I was playing like I was at the Florida State baseball camps or the Clemson baseball camps sure. or playing travel baseball. I never, uh, or then when I got into high school, all I did was play golf all summer. Now the camp thing was, you know, kind of like seeing wet, hot American summer and being like, that looks like fun. I'll try it. Let me go I'd do say, that as a job. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's an intriguing line of work. But Brooksy as the top point scorer is a sneaky dark horse. It's not even a dark horse. He's probably, where is the, yeah. where is the, the USA? Oh, I forget even where it was under. Plus 700. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like, it's not like yeah. it would be unheard of. Although you've, you've quoted some, some odds that I have different odds in front of me. I don't know if we're both looking at the same ones, but that's neither here nor I'm there. I'm just looking at DraftKings Sportsbook. Me as well. Oh. Uh, <laughs> then I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> but Brooks is uh I could be looking at the different bet. There's so many bets here. Yeah, you could be looking at four balls, and I'd look at foursomes. But Brooksy is the top point scorer. Obviously, Scheffler is the favorite at plus four fifty. Cantlay and Morikawa are right behind him, and I think for good reason. Uh, But then you get into the Brooksy territory. Xander at plus six hundred too. So I mean, these I know the firepower. It's just going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out because we could be dead ass wrong. And it's like maybe Wyndham Clark is the the fit young stud who has the legs to go four or five matches because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take legs. That's, it's that's going to another take good point. Making. Well, and, that, and that's and that's the thing with match play. A lot of it we see it all the time in, in the old you know WGCs. Like sometimes the winner, it seems like it's out of left field, but it's just the guy who catches fire at the right time, and it, you can't predict that. You can try to look at recent form and history and then find all these variables to try to predict it. Um, but odds are it's going to be somebody else because you just don't know how someone's feeling that day. And that's the thing. You feel good. You, all it takes is you to feel good on the first day, go out there and do good in your first match. And then like from there, it's just especially a match play. Like it's, it's just so you have this confidence where you feel like you can beat anybody. And that's, those are the guys that, either win those match play tournaments or carry a team in team events like this. It could be anybody. And, and confidence and trust, because this is, you know, when you do rely on a partner and it's in the back of your head, again, we said, I said the four balls, they try to, they kind of go back into their corners and their own mental zones because they are just playing their own ball. But half of this competition is the alternate shot, you know, thing. And I was just kind of looking at the team and the walk on the walk ons, the captain's pick, the walk ons. (laughs) Uh, And, and I, all I hope to God is that Ricky Fowler is putting well, because that's that's one of those things too. Mm-hmm. Again, I said he's on the team for morale and for his flat stick. Uh, and if he and if he brings that, then you compare him. I, I was just kind of like I'm looking at Brooksy going. Brooksy's another one that you compare with anyone. You know, sure. he's kind of he is kind of like a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James. Like just put put me with anybody out there, I, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna win. Like uh, I got this, I, I got this enough that all I need is a heartbeat, you know, a professional golfer who, you know, who can actually, I can rely on for one or two shots uh, and we're going to be okay. We're, this is so Americentric though, because if you look on the other side, you know, Victor Hovland in the run that he had at the, you know, to close out, to close out his season, both over here. And then he played well in the BMW championship at Wentworth in the Rolex series. Uh, John Rahm has had the year that he's had. He's still John Rahm. Mm-hmm. You know, Rory McIlroy is still Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tommy Fleetwood has been at the top of leaderboards recently, and he played well in the DP World Tour events towards the end. It goes on and on. There, the only person who really doesn't, sh- you know, strike fear in my heart is Bob McIntyre, and I don't feel bad shitting on sure. the kid, but uh, I think it's just because <laughs> everybody else. 
uh, you know, Shane Lowry, major winner, Nikolai Hoygaard. I was big on the Hoygaard twins a year yeah. ago. Remember, he's I called looked, this. He's looked and, good this year. And his brother actually was higher on the points list. It's just mm-hmm. Nikolai's playing better right now. Uh, fun fact, by the way, the captain's picks weren't introduced until the 70s, late 70s for Team Europe. I guess in the USA, we didn't adopt captain's picks until 89. So this this thing started in 1927. Year. Yeah, but I'm looking at this and I'm very good here. But I'm looking at this and I'm glad that we do have all these captain's picks. So you do get to capture, you know, people who are in good form versus maybe a guy who had a who had a good first couple months of the season and now is playing piss poor golf. Brian uh, you know, say, well, <laughs> no, Brian Harmon. If you want to take <laughs> no, it, no, I know. I'm just, this is just the first. Open was just the me. other day. I'm thinking about Adrian Moronk, who did have some yes. wins earlier in the year and then got passed over. Uh, but this is a scary, scary strong European team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, Tommy Fleetwood, he goes to him and Francisco Molinari went five and oh in Paris a couple of years ago. So there's, you know, when he's, when he's overseas. Uh, look out. This is interesting too. This is the first time that we've had back-to-back continental Europe uh, Ryder mm-hmm. Cups. We've only had three in the continent. We had 97 at Valderrama in Spain, the aforementioned sure. Paris in 2018, and then obviously, you know, we're here for uh, in Rome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how many more of these kind of locations pop up in different countries as the game continues to grow and evolve. And I think you'll see it more with the Open Championship kind of having, you know, it's never going anywhere. It's in it's in Great Britain and Ireland. Yeah. Uh, there's some classic sites that that require the Ryder Cup. But I think in the idea of growth, you're going to see more creative uh, locations. Yes. No, I agree. Um, anything else in the closing minutes on the Ryder Cup or – I got one last pivot quick hit question for you. Pivot, hit away. All right, hit, hit me with, I'll hit you with the pivot here. Um, how sick are you already at hearing about Travis Kelsey and freaking Taylor Swift? Can't get I, it, no, get it out of my football screens. I don't want to fucking hear about it anymore on my broadcasts. <laughs> I am so annoyed Listen. that they're, they're talking about it on, on games that don't even involve the Chiefs now, the mainstream ah. broadcasters. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to see any more screenshots a Taylor Swift dancing, cheering for the Chiefs up in the box with Kelsey's family when she's an Eagles fan. First of all, <laughs> I just I don't I don't care. I don't care. I am here for it. Uh, I want to. I'm sp- right now. I'm speaking directly to Swifty Nation. Uh, Andrew does not speak for the show on this matter. <laughs> I have the official spokesperson for divots and pivots on all things related to <laughs> Taylor Swift or TMZ. And I will state unequivocally that we are fully supportive of whatever music video they are shooting and using us all as their audience. Or I if could, they are genuinely I would love dating, that. That would be hilarious. If they're genuinely dating, <laughs> we wish them all the best. Let us know where you're registered. And uh, did you see Travis Kelsey's jersey sales went up 400% after the game? I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I am not freaking Don't surprised. Don't fuck because, with the Swifties. Swift this Nation is, is going to – They're, they're all going to be Chiefs fans now. And if and I'm sorry, but if I was a Chiefs fan, it would annoy the hell out of me. I'd be like, get out of here. You're all fake. Look, You're all fake fans. I don't want nothing to do. You're just here to look at Taylor Swift. Get out of the stadium. I don't Tom want and, you here. Tom and Giselle got a divorce. You know, we're like, what in the hell? That was like the one, even though Tom had, you know, Bridget Moynihan's sure. kid and then left her for yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The, so they had their divorce. Megan and Harry went political and you know, mm-hmm. became went the royal couple gone bad. And you know, a lot of people we're 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 
as a society, we are absolutely yearning for a young kind of royal. We don't have royals in this nation and they're kind of dying out. They're kind of dying (laughs) out in vogue around the rest of the world as being kind of popular, you know, or at least in the mainstream trendsetters. So this is the closest thing that we get to royalty is celebrity. And sometimes it annoys me. And sometimes I think that the, uh, I think that Cupid gets it right. And whether or not this is a little fling or if this is the next power couple in Hollywood, I mean, I'm here for it. I think it's great. And I fucking love seeing football players have to answer these types of questions. I Um, have no issue with them being together, but the, but the fact that the first question off the sideline as Mahomes is coming off the field is something. I feel the exact question, but something along the lines of, did you feel extra pressure to get the ball, a touchdown to Kelsey tonight, knowing that Taylor Swift was watching like, get out of here with that question. No, get out of here with that question. I don't want to hear that answer. I didn't, I, I could do without the, the punterific and this is coming from me, oh, but yeah. the punter, all, all, I mean, every single sports podcast and show was using Taylor Swift lyrics and song titles, you know, to write their yeah. copy and their monologue. Even in, the, even in the Eagles game on uh, last night, they were showing uh, a side-by-side picture of Travis Kelsey, uh, not Travis, um, Jason Kelsey and uh, DeAndre Swift, the back of their jerseys, because they say Kelsey and Swift, and then oh, we got our own. Kel-. I'm like, get the fuck! Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is Need this is so me. cheesy. I want none of it. Brock Bowers, the all-world tight end for University of Georgia, who's going to be a Heisman finalist unless he gets injured. Um, he got asked about it, and basically, he was kind of laughing. I mean, this is this is where it's gone. And, and he was actually saying, like, you know, good on you scoring one for the tight ends. He's like, maybe this is good news for our position. We're moving up in the world. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great. This is kind of. It's it's on a I'm this hating on them. Bigger. I'm just Huge. hating on the media coverage of it. That's all. Back, backpedaling already. I knew. No, it. no. I'm just. Realized... I can't stand media being all into it. I can't. I don't care if they're together. Just don't put it in my face. <laughs> you don't. You don't piss into the wind, and you don't <laughs> kick a beehive. You don't fuck with Beyonce's fan base. You don't fuck with Tay Tay's fan base, and you don't fuck with Team USA when we're trying to break a 30-year drought. No. I swear to God, Andrew, if we can't take this Ryder Cup home this time, I'm going to have to find – I mean, let's be honest. I'll just cry for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll be back in a couple of years. But to bring it home, I do think that this is going to be a 14-and-a-half, 13-and-a-half uh, kind yes. of affair, you know, 15-13 at, at worst. But, um, I, I, you know, God – I just pray that I'm wrong or that I'm right. And that I don't wake up, you know, Saturday morning and all of a sudden we're down nine, three, because we've lost three sessions in a row. So one, one stroke at a time, one hole at a time, one session at a time. And if you win each session, you will win the cup. And uh, we need to, we need to hold on to this cup. So we really only need 14 points. A tie will do it for us. Uh, And that would be the first time even going over to Europe with the cup and coming back with it in 30 years. So Here's the Team USA getting her done this weekend. Let's do it. And uh, it, it's looking like we'll, we'll get you guys a time on social uh, shortly in the next coming days. But it's looking like you might be able to – oh, please give me the, f- the finger. Nope, nope. Okay, cool. Never mind. Uh, ignore the description of the, of the <laughs> show. Um, the enjoy the Ryder Cup. Enjoy the Ryder USA. Cup. We'll recap next week and we'll look ahead at the fall, the next stop in the fall FedEx series <laughs> and talk about what the future holds for international golf and live you know and us. the PGA tour. Yes. And as always, thank you for joining us. We love you all. And we will see you next week.